Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to episode number 96 of Reddit Readings, the best show on or off the internet since the dawn of cave paintings. And yes, we dig in that deep to bring the stories you deserve, dear listeners. Today, we are jumping into one of my favorites, r slash nuclear revenge. Nuclear revenge is like pro revenge, but on a nuclear scale. You wouldn't believe it. Make sure you're subscribed to the channel or following along. We're dropping free episodes a week. Make sure you jump onto the Discord, say hi, have a join in with the chitty chat and uh let's grab our quinny boy 30,000 brand bacon flavor popcorn and our tea and dive straight into it tomorrow only on disney plus my name is taylor welcome to the Eras tour experience taylor swift's record-breaking Eras tour Swift Vieira's Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Streaming tomorrow, only on Disney+. Plus. Hosted by you slash what's my name 83. Ex, almost, mother-in-law fired me unrightfully, so I destroyed her company. Hey everyone, I decided to share my story. It all took place 17 years ago. But I feel like it belongs here. At that time, I was 20 years old and dated my first true love. We'd been together for a year and a half already, and everything was just great. Her mother really liked me, and she had her own company, which traded fashion clothes for kids. She made a ton of money. They needed someone to drive one of their three-and-a-half-ton trucks, And she came up with an idea to hire me because I was unhappy with a job I had. So, as a win-win situation, I accepted her offer and we started working together. Job was okay, even though I had to work a huge amount of overtime because she thoroughly introduced me to how the whole company worked. She had a huge storage facility, a store and two trucks. One that I drove and a big one. I worked for her for like one year, and in that time I knew every single thing about the company because she trusted me with also the dirty secrets. This later came in handy. This is where things took a huge turn. I found out my girlfriend cheated on me with her ex, and as a result I broke up with her instantly. It was an ugly situation and after it went down, I called her mother and told her what was going on and that I didn't want to mix things with the business. So I will still be there for work, even though I don't want to see her daughter again. She said everything's alright, but of course she sided with her daughter and I felt that she was mad at me because of the breakup. I went to work and acted as a professional should, took all the drama aside However, soon after, she singled me out and started looking for mistakes so she could discipline me. This has been going on for months, and I realized she just waiting for an excuse to fire me, but I wasn't going to give that reason to her easily. She was so pissed because she couldn't find any big mistakes, and the small ones she often just made up, and it wasn't enough to terminate me. So she came up with a plan. On the truck, 
We had a power generator which provided a light and a power for laptop, printer and so on. It worked in two ways. With fuel when we were on the road and with cable in case we were at storage. But it was not made by the company. They just hired an electrician for that, so he made an error. So we had to flip a switch all the time if we used it with a cable connection, otherwise it would burn down. As I loaded the truck, she convinced a co-worker to flip the switch back, and after a few minutes, the lights were gone, and I noticed something wrong. It burned out, of course, but I knew I didn't forget the switch because I was loading the truck for an hour, and it only took five minutes top to burn out, so it couldn't be me. She didn't even hear me out and started yelling, firing me on the spot, and stated that she's going to pay for repairs out of my last salary, so don't expect any money from her. I didn't take that lightly, and told her that I don't think you want to go this way with me. But she refused to listen. It took a few days for me to cool down, but I wanted to give her a last chance. I called her, and I told her, even though I know what was going on, and she'd set me up, But if I get my money, I'll call it at an end, and we don't have to see each other again. She told me to fuck off. So I came up with a plan. First because I knew that the stores she had didn't have a bathroom, which was illegal in my country. The shop assistants had an agreement with a restaurant on the opposite side to go there if they needed. I reported this to the authorities and the next day they closed the shop because of this violation and told her she can't open up until they have a bathroom. She called me right away and asked me if I had anything to do with this. I laughed and told her, didn't I tell you you don't want to go this way with me? And hung up. I knew that we worked so much overtime that me and the other truck driver had so much overdrive on the taco cards It records how many hours you drive and how fast and when you stopped. So I called the authorities again and told them everything. They went and checked all the records and gave the company a brutal fine. She sent me obscene text messages all day long after that. I replied, I ain't done yet. Then, silence. A few hours went by and my phone rang. She called and asked me if we can talk it over. She even said she'd send me my last paycheck. But I shut her down immediately and I told her, it's too late for that. And I called the fire department and told them that the wires they had on the walls of the stores were outdated, which caused short circuits daily and that they only have two fire extinguishers for the whole place when they should have like 12 or 15. On that very day, they had to close the storage as well, so she lost the last place she could make money for months until they get everything up to date and renew all the wires, which costs a huge amount of money. Because of all the fines she got from the different authorities, she couldn't afford these renovations, of course. A few months later, she filed for bankruptcy. I know because my ex-girlfriend called me, I hope you're happy, arsehole. You made my family bankrupt. I never did get my paycheck, but at this point, I don't even care anymore. 
I'm just happy with the outcome. I hope you enjoyed my story. Do you enjoy science, spooky stories, and all things paranormal? We do too. While we would love for most paranormal stories to be true, we are here to tell you that they probably aren't. But that doesn't make them any less fun to speculate about. We are the Spooky Science Sisters podcast. In this podcast, we bring you bi-weekly discussions on possible scientific explanations behind the supernatural. Backed up by research articles and other credible sources, we do deep dives into things like archaeology and physics and share in-depth discussions with topic experts. Visit us at SpookyScienceSisters.com to listen to a couple of skeptics debunk some of your favorite alien encounters, cryptid sightings, and ghost stories with science, sass, and a significant amount of laughter. Thank you and stay spooky. From Ordas Jalux. I knocked the divisional manager off his pedestal. I work for a large global IT company. In my team, we are part of a larger extended team and an even larger still divisional team. The manager of this division is called Raj. He's based in the States and is what many would call the poster boy definition of corporate suck-up. According to him, he is in constant video chats with the CEO and has a lot of face-to-face interactions with him. He also appears on much of our division's promotional emails and photographic material, so he's a company-wide recognized person. As for me, I'm a trench-working techie from Scotland. My direct manager is always happy with my performance, and I'm somewhat known in our extended team, but not so much in the divisional team. Until this event, which was a while before the COVID outbreak, although I was aware of Raj and his reputation, I had never worked with him directly. I got invited to a company-wide collaboration event in America, which we usually use for technical training and innovation discussion. We got there, and there were some initial social events and meet and greets. Raj was amongst the group, and his general demeanor seemed appropriate for the reputation which followed him. We went into the first day bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. I was assigned to a group of ten people to work on a problem with some coding. All was going well, until we came to do some group presentations. For our group... A young woman named Natalie was speaking for our results. It all seemed to go okay, but after the session was over, Raj asked to see Natalie out in the hall. From inside the room, we could hear Raj literally screaming at her. Many, many offensive slurs were used, and we could hear banging on the wall as well. Natalie returned to the room a sobbing mess, much to the shock of everyone. Raj returned as if nothing had happened. This pattern continued over the course of the week. Raj would single people out for these one-on-one performance critiques. He would go into detail about how work was substandard and how they needed to improve, all the while taking group photos for corporate comms for the higher-ups orchestrating shots to make us all look like one big happy family. I spoke to some of my own team back home about this in my downtime, and it does turn out that this has always been rumoured behaviour for him. Just no one ever knew someone who had experienced this before. I don't know what the job culture is like for this role in a place like America, but 
Here, we have dignity at our work regulations. Performance criticism is fine, but not when you are engaging in ritualistic humiliation of your employees. I knew exactly what I was going to do. For the next few days, I made sure that I was delivering more presentations than anyone else and really making an effort to attract attention. As hoped, he asked me for a chat and pulled me into the hall. He didn't wait for the door to close before starting his rant. Experiencing it firsthand was interesting. He claimed I had no idea what I was talking about, even though it had literally been about 20 years since he did any technical work himself. He was vile, shouting and spitting in my face. I also learned what the banging noises were. He would punch doors and slam his hand on the wall near me as if trying to intimidate me. I was prepared mentally though, and just smiled and nodded through the entire rant. He looked angry that I was reacting this way, and by the end of it I thought he was legitimately going to burst a blood vessel. When he was finished, I asked him if he was done. He told me to get out of his sight, and that's when I did it. I gave him a good old Glasgow kiss. For those unfamiliar, it is a headbutt. And it's not the first headbutt I've delivered in my life, having been brought up near Glasgow. He collapsed to the floor in shock, holding his nose, which didn't bleed, unfortunately, looking up at me. I'd leaned down, and in my most Glaswegian accent, I whispered to him, If you ever disrespect me or me colleagues again, I'll kick the utter fuck out of you next time, you cunt. I went back into the room, while he did not. Inevitably, I got the HR call. Raj was in the room as well, and I could see he had two black eyes as a result of the headbutt. I was asked to explain myself, and I told the truth. Mostly. I explained about his abusive behavior but focused specifically on the hand-slamming and how it had been intimidating me. It hadn't really, but I just massively played up on this aspect of the encounter. I described the headbutt as a reaction when he slammed the wall right next to my head with his hands. I wasn't sure what story he had told them, but I was sent away after this. Ultimately ended up with a disciplinary on my record, but no further consequences. Other team members were interviewed over the next few days, and once the pattern of abuse was established, Raj was terminated from the company. The most satisfying part of this was the day after, when everyone on the course went out for dinner. Natalie insisted that he stand next to her for the division group photograph, black eyes and all. I have to think that photograph contributed to his downfall in some way. Posted by u slash FC1242. Hurt my family. Guess you'll die. Excuse any structural slash grammatical mistakes. English is not my first language, and I'm typing this on my phone. My grandfather grew up in a rural Peruvian town where only his family lived, very isolated from others. They lived about half an hour away from the nearest town. This story happens sometime in the 1940s. As one would assume, everyone was close. 
This story is about one of my grandfather's many cousins. Let's call her Mary, who's 20, and her husband Peter, who's 25. Mary's dad went away to work in the capital for a while, taking Mary with him. There, she met Peter, fell in love, and married. They returned to town a couple of months after they wed. They rented the room at the local saloon. I think that's what the word was anyway. While Peter worked with Mary's dad selling goods in neighboring towns to save money. Turns out, Peter was an arsehole. Not only did he cheat on Mary while he was away, working, but he also severely beat her when he was home, even more than the standard at the time. Eventually, the owner of the saloon, a distant cousin of Mary, noticed, hereby called owner, who was 50-ish. He confronted her, and after a lot of prodding, she admitted to everything. She hadn't confessed before as her close family, especially her dad, opposed the marriage, and she was ashamed to admit Peter was an abuser. Well, she wouldn't have to suffer much longer, as owner would take matters into his own hands. He liked to play a prank on newcomers. He would take them to a field a half hour away to hunt what he claimed was the most delicious bird he had ever tasted. Spoiler alert, that bird did not exist. It had a funny name, I can't remember, so I'll just call it Birdie. He would leave them in the middle of the field with a net while he went away to chase the birdies into the net. He would then walk back to town while the newcomer was kept waiting for the birdies. Eventually, newcomer would return to town and be mocked and laughed at for buying the story. Just some good old rural town fun. He had yet to prank Peter as he was mostly away working and working. However, not long after the opportunity presented itself, he was able to lead Peter away with the same story as always. But he didn't play the prank on him. Instead, he led him to a field an hour and a half to two hours away instead, getting him drunk on the way, and then pushed him into a nearby lake where he drowned. He then returned to town and claimed Peter had wanted to actually hunt the birds, not just wait, and it was hard to convince him otherwise as a way to excuse his tardiness. Peter's disappearance was noticed the next day by Mary's dad when he didn't show up to his house or work and when he wasn't in the rented room. Owner gave his excuses. The others at the saloon and his wife corroborated his story. A few days later, Peter was found drowned in the lake. It was concluded that while waiting for the birdies, he'd gotten drunk when he attempted to return to town, he had gotten lost and fallen into the lake. Unlike her husband, Mary's life ended on a happy note. She remarried to a much nicer man, had eight children, and bought a house in the capital where she lived until she died of cancer circa 2003. The amazing owner also had a happy life and died in the late 1970s. My grandfather only knew this story because he overheard owner tell Mary's dad the true story. Apart from him, no one else but the three of them knew. He told me one day as I was asking about secrets about his small town. Yeah, I like a bit of gossip. Yep, it's definitely hard to have more nuclear revenge than straight-up murder. But at least, (laughs) other than that, it had a happy ending. 
Well, thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. This has been episode number 96 of Reddit Readings, and I do hope you have enjoyed it. Make sure you're following along for more. We have our 100th anniversary episode coming up, and we plan to make it special. So make sure you don't miss that. Until next time, folks, peace out. True terrors of horror, bizarre happenings, unexplainable events. On our podcast, Disturbed, Terror Takes Center Stage. Each episode is a journey into the darkest corners of human existence, delving into bone-chilling tales of kidnappings, serial killers, maniacs, and the very essence of your worst nightmares coming to life on this weekly true horror show. Disturbed is not for the faint of heart. It's an exploration of real, unadulterated horror sourced from everyday people. Each episode is a descent into the macabre, where we narrate stories that will leave you on the edge of your seat and crawling in your skin. We navigate the disturbing narratives that lurk in the shadows, offering a raw and unfiltered listen into the most terrifying aspects of the human experience. Enter at your own risk and let the unsettling tales unfold in the haunting realm of Disturbed. And remember, listeners, stay safe out there.